man at the cross, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, March 5, 1972. The text, Matthew, the 27th chapter, beginning at the 33rd and reading through the 44th verse. Matthew, the 27th chapter, beginning the 33rd verse. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, they offered Jesus wine to drink mingled with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, Come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, he cannot save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God, let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Poor Jesus. Poor Jesus. It's important that we remember that God was in Jesus. that our Lord was truly divine, that what was in God, the Creator and the Maker of the world, it was also in that living personality who walked the Galilean hills, Jesus Christ. But equally important is not only that God was in Jesus Christ, that he was divine, but also man was in Jesus Christ. He was human, too. Poor Jesus. It means not only that God was in Jesus Christ, but we, you and me, we, too, were in Jesus Christ. Everything that is in us that makes us unique and human, those same things were in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he was born in the likeness of men. Like each one of us, he was born of a woman. He is bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. In other words, just like these. And when accidentally a sharp tool would slip in the carpenter's shop and 
and puncture his skin, that wound would bleed. He was susceptible to headaches and to the good old-fashioned toothaches and probably even once or twice caught the flu. One of those days they called it the Damascus flu or the Jerusalem flu or what name they gave to it. But he probably had it. Although he never sinned, he was tempted in every way just like we are. He was an individual just like you and me. He had to die. You and I, someday, we, individually, will die. So did Jesus. And when we stand and say as we do so often on Sunday mornings, I believe in Jesus Christ who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. We are affirming our belief in the humanity of Jesus that he was just like us. Poor Jesus. Just like you and me. But let's face it, folks, it's rather difficult, is it not, to think of Jesus as being like us. When he's turning the water into wine and multiplying the fish and the loaves and healing people, it's, it's kind of hard to identify with, with Jesus. Unless we can experience some of the things that he experienced and he experiences some of the things that we must go through in life, it's hard to identify with Jesus. That is, until you come to the cross. There Jesus is revealed to us as a real man. Do you know why? Because there Jesus Christ suffered. And if there's one thing that we understand, it's suffering, isn't it? There's not one of us here who has not, maybe even today or will soon, be suffering. Either physically, mentally, or spiritually, we are people who know how to suffer. And many of us think we suffer far too much. And the place where we can see Jesus as true man as real man, is on the cross because on the cross we see him suffering. And we can identify with him there. He suffered in all ways, just like we suffered. He suffered physically. He knew physical pain. Crucifixion was a bone-breaking, lung-crushing, muscle-tearing experience. You just couldn't go through it without being riddled with pain. Having the nails driven through his flesh right here on the wrist, that was painful. And because Jesus was in pain, physically, we can identify with him, especially those people who today have limbs that don't operate right, people who have muscles that know only hurt, people who have wounds who know no healing. Some of you who I know live 24 hours a day with pain. 
In Jesus, you see him as a real man when he suffered physical pain. And there are others who associate and identify with Jesus because they know of his mental pain there on the cross. He was a very gentle man, very proper, very polite, very loving and considerate, respectable, rightfully proud. And they stripped him, save for a lame loincloth. He was on public display in the form of nudity. They jabbed verbally all types of insult. If you are God, come down from the cross. Now Jesus knew that being the Son of God as well as the Son of Man, he could call upon legions of angels from the Almighty to come down and to release him from that horrible, painful mental embarrassment. He could have come down off that cross. But no, he knew he was man. And he knew that he had to suffer. And instead of cursing those people who were putting him to death, those crude, cruel, ignorant people, after going through all sorts of mental pain as to what he should do, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Evidences of real mental pain, just like many of you who know that you fight, fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against ignorance, against darkness, against people who should know better, but who do not. Yes, you would like to call down upon them curses of fire from heaven. But you are a man of God. And you withstand those verbal jabs. You endure those insults. You despise the shame. But oh, the pain, mentally. As you say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And spiritual pain was his. Oh, how horrible he must have felt when he said, My God, my God, why? This one who was real man, complete man, man who never sinned, this man became like us a sinner. And he knew what it was to be forsaken by his father. He knows just like we know when we face tragedy and when horrible unrealistic things happen and we cannot believe yet we say my God my God why and we identify with Jesus because we know he knew what it was to be spiritually in pain see it's on the cross that we see Jesus real man. And that's important. Because unless we can see Jesus as real man, 
We cannot understand really what he did on the cross by being representative man. You have to see him as man before you can realize that he is your representative man. You see, if Jesus had come into this world in some other way than one who could endure suffering and as a sufferer, he would not have been man, but he would have been something else. And if he would have been something else, he would not have identified with man. And if he was not man, then he could not have become the savior of man. As Jeremy Taylor says, when God would save man, he did it by way of a man. Or as the letter to the Hebrews tells us, Jesus Christ had to be made like his brethren in all and every respect so that he might become a faithful and merciful high priest in the service of God to bring about the expiation of the sins of his people. Now, those are big biblical theological words which mean simply in the everyday language he had to be able to forgive and to be able to do this as God he had as man to suffer what had to be done. The wages of sin is death. And if sin is ever going to be properly paid off, or if sin is properly going to be atoned for, if sin is ever to be overcome, it has to be by death of a man. And just not any man, but the best representative of all manhood. And this is what Jesus was. Jesus was the representative of man. And he who was without sin became like us sinners. He voluntarily, knowingly, submitted to death. So that by his stripes we are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He took upon himself our sin. P.T. Forsyth, perhaps the greatest theologian of the cross that we know, gives an illustration which I think helps to understand this very difficult principle of salvation dynamics. It tells a story about a great headmaster in a very large boys prep school. One day the headmaster went away, and while he was gone, open rebellion broke loose, and the student morale was horrible. When the headmaster returned, he found the place in shambles, private property destroyed, students in a very rebellious mood. He called immediately for an assembly of the student body, and in their presence he laid before them a great thick ruler. 
And then he called the president of the student body to the stage. And this young man, thinking that he was going to have to bear the punishment for the whole student body, sullenly and very rebelliously walked up to the platform. And then the great headmaster of that school said, All sin leads to suffering. And someone has sinned here. And that sin goes against everything in our life together. Someone must pay for that sin, and I choose to suffer. And the headmaster took the ruler from off the table, and with one hand he handed it to the president of the student body. And then he put his other hand out, demanding and commanding that young boy to strike, to beat his hand. The boy refused to do it. He was shocked. He was stunned. He would not turn against his headmaster. So the headmaster took the ruler himself from the boy. They began to beat his hand and beat it and beat it and beat it until there was the sight of blood. And when there was nothing but a tangled piece of human bloody flesh, the headmaster says, now the sin has been paid for. And you see, that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ paid our sin as representative, as pure representative of man, he did what we could not do. By his stripes we are healed. The Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of every one of us and every one who is yet to be born. Now, no matter what theory of the atonement you believe in, and you know there are 16 theories of it, no matter how you explain it, when you get it to its common denominator, it all comes to one particular idea. Somehow, some way, Christ died for you and for me. He could because he was representative man. And when you see in the cross, and I believe really you can only see it in the cross, Jesus, real man, and Jesus, representative man, then you begin to see Jesus, the redemptive man. And you begin to see that in the message of the cross, you can begin to live like a redeemed man and live the way that God expects you to live. God, you see, came down to become one of us so that we might become like he is. When we see in the cross of Christ the real man, the representative man, then when we believe in him as our representative, then we believe we are redeemed. And then we can live in life the way he died on the cross. That's it. That's it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have life 
and the meaning of life of what it is to be a human being, a man. This is the way we are to live. Just as Christ died on the cross, people who don't have to worry about playing all sorts of games to prove our humanity, people who do not have to go around lying and cheating and stealing and bragging just to prove to ourselves, to God and to the whole world we are what God created us to be in the first place and with that for which Christ died to bring about in us a rebirth of what it means to be a man. We can live saying unto all people who are abusing us, Father, forgive them. We are to be people who are to be living in the midst of a society that is filled with robbers and thieves on the left and who are on the right and people who are supposed to be leading these people to paradise. People who worry not about ourselves but are concerned about our loved ones and all people in the world and trying to see that they are properly taken care of. People who are not trying to do the impossible by justifying ourselves, by going through all sorts of petty acts and sounding religious, but people who live in the light of the cross knowing that the work is finished and we are redeemed and thank God set free through Jesus Christ who gives us the victory. People who live every day committing our spirits anew unto God, knowing that he loves us and that we have been redeemed through Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the messages of the cross. Not that you just see Jesus, real man, and Jesus, representative man. That you are to see that we were in Jesus and the Christ of the cross who was resurrected on Easter morning. That Christ is to be in us so that we no longer say it is not I that liveth, but what Paul says, it is Christ that liveth in me. And when Christ lives in us and we live like Christ died, then... We are the human beings that God created us to be in the first place. So if one looks to the cross and sees not Jesus the man, I doubt very much whether that person is a Christian. And what is worse, I doubt very much if he's even a man. Amen. Father, forgive us when we do not live as people, the people that you have created as human beings. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all now and forevermore. Amen.